0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> Create, connect, communicate. Create, connect, communicate. Magical, enigmatic, Autropagical, enigmatic Autropagical, a gift of gab, super, super agile, agile, story, story from the space. Come well lit. <laughs> Last night we uh, we had a hot pot barbecue with your buddy. Which one? Uh, which one I know <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. She said the same thing. I, I didn't tell her who. I was like, you know, we were talking about the podcast, and two of them are old podcast guests. So yeah. we were talking about. It. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be you know talking with your buddy tomorrow. She's <laughs> She's like, like, which one? <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> yeah, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, so Sarah, Roxanne, the Filipina superstar. Oh yeah. So we had a kind of triple date. Had a little hot pot barbecue at our fun. place. So, yeah, it was cool.
1: Cool.
0: So we stayed up pretty late. Yeah, I was a little bit worried, but it's all good. We didn't stay up that late. So.
1: <laughs> you, look, you look right. Yeah. Okay. Good, good, <laughs> good. 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 Right.
0: Hope so. Hope I don't just like nod <laughs> off. But, um, yep. Should be good. All right. Cool. So yeah, we'll just uh, freestyle, talk, have fun. Talk about this amazing life of yours. this wellness journey of yours okay and just kind of whatever comes to mind so yeah cool all right here we go so i will just give you a little bit of intro and then we'll we'll go okay good afternoon and welcome back to another episode of firelight chats where we broadcast the most super natural and compelling voices and stories from our space lab studio here in Daan, taipei taiwan in episode 45, we spoke with Angela Fung of Nest Wellness, a community marketplace offering education and experiences for everyone, everywhere, on their wellness journey. In that episode, Angela talked about the initial inspiration behind the idea and the conversation she had with her co-founder as they decided to embark together on this startup journey of bringing wellness to Taiwan, Singapore, Hong Kong and beyond. In today's episode, we'll get down and chat with that other half, the co-founder herself, a globally minded, culturally diverse, multilingual individual who was born and grew up in the States, went to high school in Taipei, went back to the East Coast for college, and is now based out of Taiwan, taking care of herself, her family, her wellness, her world, business, and otherwise. On top of her daily duties and dazzling diligence as the co-founder of Ness Wellness, she's a certified health and wellness coach, marketing professional, serial entrepreneur, and founder, executive director of a woman's active and sportswear brand called Via Sweat. Meanwhile, she's also a wife and mother of two girls who inspire and influence her to keep on hustling Via Sweat and tears of sugar and spice. Like a beast from the East about to feast on a plate of mushu, she's living in the fast life with fast cars from mushu pork to Porsche. And everywhere she goes, people know who she are. But what can she do? It is what it is. So in today's episode, we're gonna sit by the firelight and reminisce, indulge in the stories. Cause back in the day when we were young, we're not kids anymore. But some days we sit and wish we were a kid again. But now she's all grown up and just wants nothing much more than to just keep on growing. So without further ado, we're going to do what needs to be done, did have fun. Share stories, laugh now, cry later, create, connect, communicate, and spark up a musical fire of melody. Mocha is ready. I'm ready. And you better believe that she is too. Our special guest for this latest episode of Firelight Chats, the one and only Xu Anxuan. Melody Xu.
1: Hi. Wow, that was... I'm always like when I was listening to the intro I was like who is that I was like can I meet her <laughs> that was so I will nice introduce of you one day one day
0: I will introduce you to this fabulous woman
1: that was so nice of you <laughs> can I get that word for word for my resume <laughs> you
0: <laughs> definitely can we will uh we'll cut that out and we'll put that on all your websites all yeah. your socials
1: <laughs> thank you so much of
0: course welcome Thank you very much for coming in here.
1: I'm so glad to be here.
0: Yes, we, we actually were chatting off the air before this that last night I was having a hot pot dinner with one of our previous guests and a buddy of yours. Sarah Chang, the superstar kung fu mama. Last yeah. time we talked, you mentioned that you actually were having lunch with her.
1: Yeah, exactly. She was, um, yeah, we had lunch maybe about a couple of weeks ago. And then she was like, oh, I'm going for a podcast later. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. This, <laughs> I know this guy. <laughs> and then, Lo and behold. Yeah. The stars have aligned. So exactly. now I'm here.
0: We are all connected here in taiwan
1: yeah it's not a very big place exactly, <laughs> exactly. i mean it's a very tight-knit community mm-hmm. i like to say yeah
0: especially like english speakers right right expats english speakers yeah. yeah yeah you interviewed also with dj caitlin of icrt Yes, who was also a previous guest yeah here, that so. was
1: that was a lot of fun too
0: yeah how was that was that your first time on radio
1: um, ish, oh, <laughs> really? um, but it was like my first time for a live show. Like I okay. did like pre-recorded stuff before.
2: Mm. And
1: then so the first time like a live show and then like she also streamed it. And so it was just fun to kind of a little bit of audience interaction. I can play some of the music that I like. And it was like a longer session. So, okay. It was fun.
0: Nice. Did you rap?
1: You know, I talked to her about it. I was like, can we slip in like a segment of maybe me breaking it down on the bars? Oh, <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> damn.
0: I'm spitting bars, girl. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: She's laughs> but like, you
0: didn't. All I the did, fans. It was a live show. I know. Everyone's I disappointed listening. a
1: lot of people. <laughs> I, know,
0: I know. So, yeah, you are like a big music girl.
1: I'm into music. Oh, fun fact. Mm. Um, I was my best friend's like maid of honor at her wedding. I rapped my maid of honor speech. I wrapped it no. to, I did. I wrapped it to Jay-Z's like H to the Izzo.
0: <laughs> H to the Izzo. Yeah. And, and I got you... the
1: whole crowd into it. It was, it was a vibe. It was a vibe.
0: Did the wife's name start with an H or um, last name Izzo or?
1: Well, her initials are E-H. So she would like often say she's like E to the Izzo. And okay.
0: then, yeah. So. No way. So you wrote the rap?
1: Wrote the rap. I Had the
0: instrumental in the background.
1: Exactly. Exactly. We got the whole the whole audience involved. Everyone was doing the chorus. (laughs) It was so good. Oh, I was also like five months pregnant, by the way. So it was like me and my belly. That's like
0: like, like, Ali Wong. Like have you seen the comedian Ali Wong on stage, like fully pregnant?
1: Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I felt like that.
0: It reminds me of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine that.
1: So I was like the MC for her wedding. And then I also gave a maid of honor speech, five months pregnant with my belly. And then, yeah, it was nice.
0: Can you do it right now? Do you no, remember it? No.
1: <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> You're like shaking your head too. No, no, no. I cannot. No, that's I, sacred. I see. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Okay. So you write your own raps. <laughs>
1: everyone's gonna expect like me know, to drop an album i know like, they're gonna be I'm listening here to promote into this album. whole
0: thing and then maybe and maybe be like
1: wait she's a wellness guy exactly <laughs> <laughs> wait
0: that's part of wellness though yeah, you know everyone's you just... waiting for
1: me to drop my album maybe.
0: exactly when is the album coming out
1: 2030
0: 2030 <laughs> 2030 i see that's like the same time taiwan will be bilingual so yeah. perfect it's it's actually perfect you can do like a bilingual 2030 campaign yeah, rap.
2: Maybe. yeah sure
0: <laughs> oh my goodness okay so we mentioned you know from the outset that yeah you're a global woman with like roots everywhere so what is this story? Obviously your English is parfait, perfect, but you are here in Taiwan. So where yeah. were you born? Where did you grow up? What My is your origin that story? story? Exactly. My
1: origin story. So From day
0: one genesis. <laughs>
1: So I was born in the States. I was born in Philly, like Philadelphia. In
0: West Philadelphia, born and and raised raised. on the playgrounds (laughs) where you spend most of your days chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool, shooting some b-ball outside of school when a couple of girls who were up to no no good good. started making making trouble in your neighborhood.
1: neighborhood. I got a one little fun. my mom got scared. She said, said
0: moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel
1: Air, oh. Bel Air
0: or maybe New Jersey or tai New Taipei. Jersey.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> Almost. Kind there of. There
0: we go. We just dropped the first song of the album right here.
1: Yeah. Teaser. Teaser. <laughs> teaser. Exactly.
0: Alert.
1: Um, yeah. So I was born and raised in, Born in Philadelphia, my dad went to UPenn mm. for a Masters, so that's why I was there. But I don't remember much from Philly. I mean, I've heard stories of like our tires and wheels getting jacked and like propped up on like bricks the next day. Really?
0: So you were really in Philly Philly? I was Philly. really in
1: Philly, Philly. Yeah. yeah. But then I, I moved to New Jersey when I was, I think, five. I was in like central Jersey around Rutgers. So I grew up in East Brunswick, next to Edison. So I went to school there. And then about 15, I moved back to Taiwan. Also because of my dad's job.
0: Okay. So yeah. you went to elementary school?
1: Elementary, junior. Yeah, just save high school. Okay. Yeah. So high school was here in Taipei.
0: What did your dad do?
1: He's in computer science engineering.
0: Okay. Taking over the world, basically.
1: Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Starting in the States and then yeah. back to Taiwan.
1: Yeah, but um, I mean, my dad's had a very big influence on me. I mean, he's always been such a, a very entrepreneurial spirit. He kind of like built himself up from, you know, because we're originally from like Jilong.
0: Oh, OK. So
1: like he kind of. Port city. Yes, yes was he a
0: fisherman
1: uh, my grandpa was yeah 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 so like yeah my grandpa was a fisherman and then you know they were born and raised pretty much in Jilong and then he kind of like worked his way out of there and you know like went to school in the states and then built us a life in the states but he's always kind of had this entrepreneurial spirit and wanted to kind of always do his own thing so part of the reason why he came back to Taiwan was because he took over one of our relatives businesses and oh. then eventually he kind of started his own thing yeah but I mean, he would tell his stories from him growing up. Like, I've never actually shared this story with anyone. So I'm a little fuzzy about the details. But Mm. like when he was in elementary school, like when he was really young, he already had that entrepreneurial spirit where like, you know, when people go home from school, they would always pass by his house. So he would go by like those night market, those like. Toolism, like lottery, kind of like you poke a hole and then there's like a toy. Mm-hmm. And then so he would like charge the kids that were passing through his front yard to play this game, like oh, on their no way, way home from school. The revenue that he get, he would like buy another one of these boxes and he would like charge, I don't know what it was, 5&T or like yeah, whatever it was right. going back in the day. And then he would like buy his own stuff or like upgrade his- His, his
0: operation, His operations, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So like, I don't know, from, I, I guess he always <laughs> kind of awesome. like taught me that He didn't do it purposely to be like, oh, you need to be an entrepreneur. But Mm. I feel like just from his spirit and from his hustle hustle and then just- it really was by leading by example and just seeing how, you know, nothing is really kind of like an issue. Like he has such a calm presence. And even though I'm sure there's like a billion things going on, but he has just such a calm presence and he's always just like, there's no problem unless you make it a problem. Mm. You know, it's like, there's always a solution. Like we'll find some creative way around it. Like we'll figure something out. It's never like, oh my God, like, how are we gonna? Yeah. Like he's always got it.
0: Yeah, I love that story too because it's such a Taiwanese story, right? Like that generation, they were the ones who were just really hustling and making, you know, a lot of these huge companies now, right? Right. And a lot of these stories are very similar, right? Yeah. They are starting from these small places and just out of necessity, they're just hustling and trying to figure stuff out, put stuff together.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly
0: this current generation has it a lot easier, which (laughs) makes it a lot harder in some ways, right?
1: Yeah, it's true.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's pretty impressive, like going from Jilung all the way to UPenn.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. It's, yeah. Nice, so how was your childhood growing up in the States, in Jersey? I guess most of your formative memories, time was in Jersey. What are your reminiscences of those days?
1: You know, to be honest, a lot of my friends were Caucasian. So I wasn't that in touch with my Asian side. I was almost ashamed of it at you one point.
0: You weren't Xu Anxuan at that time. I wasn't time. Xu Anxuan. Were, I, I was like, I
1: was Melody. I yeah. was like trying to almost hide that part. I just felt like I didn't fit in. So like, you know, we would have a lot of like traditions or like family dinners or like Chinese holidays or whatever. And then I would always like not really want to share that side of me with my group of friends. I just wanted to like fit in with them. I just mm-hmm. wanted to assimilate with them. But I mean, my parents did put me through like Chinese school on the weekends. But I didn't really understand the value yet. So I didn't understand the point. I was like, why am I here? Like, this is not useful. But
0: I fear you, girl. It's the same thing. Same thing for me growing up in Southern Cali. I also went to Japanese school on Saturdays. Yeah. But then soccer ends up being on, you know, the games are on Saturdays. So it's like soccer games or Japanese school and it was like a really easy choice for me (laughs) and my Japanese just went down the hill at that point. Yeah
1: I think at the same time like if you don't have the environment if you don't have the friends you're not like practicing or seeing the value of it like it's really hard to pick it up if your parents are like forcing you to yeah so you, you really have to internalize it but I feel like after I moved back to Taiwan that's when I really picked up on the language, but mm. back to the state. I mean, like we didn't have much growing up. Like we didn't have cable. We didn't have, like, we were just watching, like we maybe we had like 13 channels and the 13th was like PBS. Right. Like we exactly. didn't have
0: all the yeah, free stuff. <laughs> all the
1: free stuff, we didn't have cable. Yeah. So like my sister and I, we spent a lot of time just like outdoors in the backyard. We would just play with just really silly stuff. We, I mean, it was very nice. We had a big backyard and there was a little pond, you can call it, or like there's a stream in the back. So we just go explore and get dirty. and. Then and we play with sticks or rocks or pretend we're like Native Americans and like crush up berries or like, <laughs> it's just very silly. Or like, I remember we were pretending we're Power Rangers and I was always the pink ranger. Of course. <laughs> yeah,
0: That's interesting because yeah. nowadays on your IG, there's a lot of kind of like camping there's a post from a camping excursion, right? And that's a big thing also in Taiwan recently. A lot of people are getting into it. A lot of kind of reality shows as well. Maybe this seed was kind of planted early days in exactly. Jersey. Exactly,
1: It totally was. My oldest daughter, her friend's parents, or like a family friend, Um, she's she likes to go camping. And then the first time I was like, oh, maybe I can go like with you together. So I only took my, it was just me and my oldest. And then we went camping together and I really liked it. And then I started getting my husband into it. The first time we went camping, we were, like totally, Really packed the wrong things like we packed like a picnic basket or like it was just like in your
0: power ranger suit
1: yeah it was just like so totally not appropriate for camping <laughs> but the reason why i wanted to take my kids camping was because i didn't want them to grow up like city kids mm. <laughs> like, like you know because like I mean we're very privileged and lucky to be in Taipei and it's beautiful and there's so much to do but at the same time there's not a lot of opportunity for them to get down and dirty in the dirt and like I realized that you know we would be home there would be like a bug or like you know something would fly in their face and they would like flip out and I'd be like girls <laughs> this is not how your mom raised you <laughs> like no honey and then so it's nice now I mean like And like before, my kids would be so afraid of, you know, getting muddy or dirty. But now we've been camping a few times. My husband, too. He kind of grew up. He's a very like urban kid as Mm. well. So like there's a lot of like life skills or things that he just didn't have the opportunity to. Right. Yeah. Like brings a generator and like (laughs) a full kitchen to (laughs) a picnic basket.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, you know, it's really great. And you see the difference in the kids. And I think it's also like being out in nature, not even like the dwarf, not endorphins, or what is it that nature gives you? Mm, Uh, A lot of endorphins. Some fins, but also just like the point of being bored, you know, like just giving them a chance to be like, no iPads, like find something to do. Yeah. Yeah. Just that. I feel like the kids sometimes are like so overstimulated, but they just have so much going on and they have so much... At their disposal every time usually so it's just nice to kind of i think a lot of creativity spawns from being bored
2: Mm. so
1: i think one it's good to get them out in nature two it's good to get them like dirty like acclimated with bugs and dirt and Mm -hmm. mud and three like just boredom it's okay to be bored because that's when they kind of get creative they start making new friends with like the kids from the other campsites Mm. so i love going camping too i mean For me, camping is really exhausting, like physically, like it's so tiring to always like you're walking around a lot and you're like moving stuff and you're pitching the tent and everything. But like emotionally and spiritually, I always feel so much recharged I mean, before we used to do like staycations where we would go to Tainan or Taizong or whatever. And those are great, too. But I feel like even after we came back from the like I still felt tired. I felt Mm. like I wasn't recharged. Like it was a change of scene and it was nice. We created great memories, but it was still the city. It was still you still see like the hustle and bustle. And then so being up in the mountains, everything kind of slows down. I try not to. Sometimes there's no reception and I'm thankful of it. It's the best. I try not to have any schedule. I try not to do too many like Instagram stuff. Mm. I don't check the time. I just like kind of go by the sun. And it's like, kind of go by like, am I hungry now? Exactly. Like, yeah. To just, you become like, an indigenous. Yeah. I try to get back to my- <laughs> Killing my wild roots. boar. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Well, we'll see. Well, yeah. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll catch a frog here All and All right, there, catch but, a
0: frog maybe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's really nice. Nice. It's nice for for me, the kids, the family.
0: Hmm. So, do you have a recommendation in Taiwan of like an amazing camping? Excursion or favorite yeah. nature spot of yours here?
1: Sure. There's, I mean, there's a few. I mean, I can tell you what I don't recommend. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> I good. I wouldn't
1: recommend going maybe like northern, eastern, specifically Yilan. We had oh. a really... Because only because Yilan, it gets wet a lot. It rains a lot. Right. So the couple of times that we tried to go to Yilan, unfortunately, it was like raining kind of most of the weekend. So we do try to be more like central Taiwan. Mm. So like Taichung, Nanjing. It's a little bit more of a drive, but I think it's totally worth it. Especially we like to go Friday night ye chong, which is like you go Friday at night, but you arrive there at night. You're so you're pitching your tent usually when it's in the dark. Right. But then you get the full Saturday, you get the full Sunday. So it's kind of worth it. But you just have to be very careful when you're driving mountain roads at night. Because they're really tiny. And there are usually no lights. It's like a dirt road. It's it's very scary. Right. But it's it's worth it the next morning when you get up there and you see the view. And the clouds are rolling into the mountains.
0: That's the best. Yeah. I went to Lalashan. Yeah. They have like a lot of peaches up there. And it's really high as well. So Yeah the clouds when they come in, you're above the clouds. And yeah. It's so beautiful. It's so nice. Actually amazing.
1: Yeah. I highly recommend, I mean, like camping, there's definitely seasons. Like you try to go in spring and like fall or winter. Like you try to, don't go in the summer because it is really, really hot, mm-hmm. even high up in the mountains. And then I would also recommend like the altitude has to be like a thousand meters or above. Cause then it's less mosquitoes, less bugs. hundred
0: percent. That's the most important thing. Right?
1: Like ha- you <laughs> exactly. have to be high up enough. One time we were like, it was like a very last minute camping trip. It was only a couple of us. So we're trying to find a campsite that was like maybe three or four tents, like a small, tiny one. We didn't do a lot of homework into it. When we got there, it was basically just off the road. And then it ended up pretty much being someone's like front yard. It, was like, <laughs> it wasn't high up enough. And it was just like off the road. And it was like literally someone's front yard.
0: You're <laughs> just like, camping out there. I was
1: just camping. So like from, then, from now on, we're like, how high up is it? Like, right. yeah. That's
0: funny. Have you had any bad experiences? out in nature any like brushes with death just make up a story of a bear
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's one time this bear exactly (laughs) no i mean even if the weather is awful you make the most of it i Mm. think you know i think that's an experience in itself you can't always expect like sunshine and like perfect weather all the time true but like yeah if it rains so it's gonna be a rainy week and we'll do rainy things we'll make it all cozy and we'll just stock up on alcohol (laughs) Mm, (laughs) exactly
0: there's always a solution
1: yeah, I think I'm a very like optimistic, positive person. I always try to see the silver lining of everything. So even if it's raining or we went a couple of weeks ago, it was super cold. It was like, it was like so cold. But I mean, if you think about it, it's like nice. We haven't had that kind of cold in a while. And we For got sure. all bundled up, had the fire going. And mm-hmm. yeah, so.
0: I think today it's going to be like 27. Yeah. (laughs) It's hot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's very, Taiwan's weather is very bipolar.
0: Right. And I hear that this year is like a record year all around the world. The globe is just like scorching hot. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's
1: really unfortunate.
0: So it's good to be in touch with nature for sure. Definitely. Getting them started at an early age is also really awesome, right? As we were talking about with your father's generation, you know, they have a lot less to worry about these days, so. Got to yeah. kind of push them out into the world.
1: Yeah, you just kind of want to try to make your kids more uh,
0: resilient,
1: w- resilient, multi dimensional, kind of experience as much different things as possible.
0: Yeah, exactly. Going back to the States, when did you leave Jersey?
1: 14, 15.
0: Okay, so you had not started high school or you had started high school?
1: No, I didn't go to high school there. So I okay. started my freshman year here in Taiwan. Yeah, and because like I was basically a Caucasian.
2: like
0: Right, you're a white yeah,
1: girl. I was basically a white girl on the outside.
0: You're a white Melody.
1: Yeah, so, um, <laughs> so my dad put me up at Taipei American School. Cause I, I guess eventually we had the plan of going back to the States for college. So he felt like T A S was the best choice for us back then. So I went to T A S freshman year, Aldera High School. That was a little bit of a culture shock, but I think everything was like. I feel Mm. like it wasn't the school in particular; it's just the fact that I was going from all these Asian kids. Yeah, like just like looking (laughs) around, like everything was new. Right. Going from a small town suburban life surrounded by white people and like you know to
0: Pink Power Ranger in the forest in
1: the yeah, and then to like. A city, Asian culture, Asians everywhere. So, like, regardless, that was just like a big culture shock in general. But okay, I everyone's think everyone
0: speaking English and TAS. So it was You must okay. have been confused.
1: Yeah, I was confused, but I'm thankful for that. But I, I think I'm pretty adaptable, and I'm lucky to have this group of. Because when we're going into high school, freshman year, a lot of other kids are kind of going in around the same time. It's like a good timing for Mm. people to be switching schools as well. So there was a good cohort of like new students around that time as well. So um, we just kind of ganged up. Not ganged up. We just kind of (laughs) like grouped up together. We just kind of like clicked. And we're still friends up until today.
0: So when you got the news from your father or parents that you were moving back to Taiwan, what was that (laughs) initial kind of reaction or feeling?
1: I mean... Almost relieved to be honest, only because before I moved back to Taiwan, we were kind of separate. Like my dad came back to Taiwan first for a few years. So it was just me and my mom and my sister in the mm. States. So, I mean, it was nice to be back with my dad. So we didn't really, of course I was like, let me think, I'm trying to go back to the archives here. Exactly. <laughs> I don't remember much <laughs> from there. Awful memory. I mean, I'm sure I was upset only because it's like a change and I'm like so big and I have like my, all my friends are here. But I think my dad also promised me like, cause I wanted to be like a singer. Or, like I wanted to be an you're artist or like yeah. a performer. So my dad was like, okay, I promise you when we get to Taiwan, we'll go go check out the record labels or something. And I was like, Amazing. okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And then. So he we bribed went, you. Yeah, a little bit.
0: Childhood dreams.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then broke them when you're here.
1: <laughs> we did know. He did follow through on them. But oh, no
0: way. Really? We did.
1: We did go check out some record labels. He did bring me to like modeling castings and agencies.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't problem. think
1: I was ready, but
0: I see. Yeah. Yeah, so what was this life like? You had the full TAS high school experience.
1: The full high school experience. You've had
0: quite a few TAS students here. I mean, ex-TAS students and the experiences run the mill. They're <laughs> they're all over the place. So, <laughs> what was yours like?
1: Mine was I don't know. I'm curious about what other (laughs) people are like, where should I, how should I,
0: which way should I go with this? Exactly. That's the point. (laughs) There's a lot of ways to go.
1: (laughs) TAS was, I mean, while I was at TAS, I think high school in general is, it's a lot about the friends. Yeah. I mean, I don't have much to say about the, like the curriculum, but, mm. but I mean, the, the friends there, I was kind of one of those people who had a lot of different groups of friends. Like I was friends with more like the popular crowd or like the alternative crowd or like just different crowds. And so I, I kind of was friends with a lot of people. I, I like to say, I dig it along with a lot of people and I enjoy making friends with people. And I feel like I also have a ability to make people feel comfortable being around me. I hope. Yes. Yeah, so. I
0: feel comfortable. Okay. Did so. you join any like clubs or sports yeah, or yeah. singing or like performing arts?
1: Sure. I did. I did a lot. So I did cheerleading. When mm. I first got there, I was on the cheerleading squad because that's what I did in the States before I moved back as well. Like in middle school, I was also on, we had like a township football team and with football comes the cheerleading squad so i was on the cheerleading squad i was like a tiny skinny little girl so i was like the flyer the okay. one that gets thrown up into the air yes and then so when i came back to taiwan the first thing that i wanted to check out was if they had a cheerleading squad so i did that and then i also signed up for softball i'm a pitcher but we did like slow pitch softball
0: right underhand
1: underhand. And then in TAS, there's also like an IASIS program where you can go to like the other IASIS schools, like the sister schools in Asia. So we were able to travel to like, you know, Singapore or Bangkok or like Manila. How and long
0: were those stints?
1: Really fast. I don't, I don't remember. Just like it. a week
0: or something. Like
1: not even, maybe oh, like three okay. or for like a weekend or three or four days, like very, very short, just like as a showcase or like competition. I see. And then I also did choir, I did a couple of theater productions. Mm. I also signed up for like speech, basically, like speech competition, speech contest. And this kind of goes back to when I was younger back in Chinese school, Yanjiang Jiangpi mm. It was like like speech competition, yep. speech contest for Chinese school. This kind of came natural for me. Like I'm fine with like, if you give me a script, I can memorize it quickly and I can like perform it, like I can say it like well,
0: you can rap at a wedding, too. I can
1: rap it if I need to. <laughs> exactly. So when I was younger, like I would always place first in the school or we would go to like regionals. So I think it's really interesting that like where I am right now, I'm like 35 and like where I am right now, I realize that a lot of the things that I enjoy doing or I'm good at doing, a lot of it kind of goes back to what I did as a kid.
2: Right. And it
1: kind of like is so full circle for me for a lot of things, things like speech contest that came natural to me. And then so when I was younger, I would sign up, I would place. And then so in high school, I gravitated towards signing up for like the speech team and competing at speeches. And then now as a founder with my own company i do a lot of pitches mm. or like i do a lot of you know panel speaking or like you know that's easy for me
2: mm-hmm. and then
1: things like softball i realized and this is something i realized the other day too like there are home videos of my dad playing softball like t-ball with us in our front yard or backyard literally i should get those home videos out but they're on like cassette they're like vc i need to find I know, a vcr you gotta first
0: digitize these things
1: <laughs> yeah so like i have home videos of like and this memory is so ingrained. I know exactly what he would say, like what, or maybe it's the home videos, but like, it's just such an integral part of my childhood, him playing t-ball with me. Hmm. And then so that, and I guess I just, I didn't think much about it, but then I signed up for softball in high school. And like, even now I would make time to go to batting practice, like me and a couple of the other girls from the softball team that are still here in Taiwan. We're all moms now. We all have like three kids, two kids. So it's, a nightmare to kind of get our schedules in sync but once we do like it's just so it's like you know when they say like your inner child and like right, you know it's exactly. so much of that like it's just that, like pure joy it's just joy yeah. it's just pure joy just mm-hmm. like hitting and catching and so you I don't go think to
0: like a A batting cage.
1: We go to a batting cage. There's like three of us. And then so we hire like a coach. He just pitches to us and we just like bat for like, it's just so nice. It's nice to get the team back or what's left of it. (laughs) But it's just nice to like that teamwork. And then like we're getting each other's backs or we're like doing ground balls. And like I have her back and she has my back. It just brings me pure, just pure joy. And Uh. I think it just goes back to my childhood. So
0: But that makes sense too, right? Because also, which we will get to a bit later, which is, you know, kind of the company you founded is basically all around fitness, right? Mm. Via Sweat. So Mm, mm. yeah, it makes a lot of sense that you had like a kind of a sporty background and have just kind of been following that.
1: Yeah. Oh, I was also on the dance team. Wait, are we still talking about high school? Was I on the high school dance team? No, I was on the college dance team. Wait, do we get into college yet? Where are we right now? Where, Where are, are
0: we? we? Who am I? Who are Where, Emma?
1: Where am I? What era are we yeah. at right now? <laughs> <Where>? <laughs> so,
0: okay, before we move to college, it's just pure joy. See, you're overcome with that joy and we're in another space. Yeah. This, is, this is healing right here. Yeah. <laughs> We need to bust out the incense and yeah, just travel time travel to another place. But uh, before we leave high school, I'm wondering about because you mentioned it about the language. So, how was your I think you mentioned it to me or somewhere that your Chinese wasn't so great when you came back?
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't at all. So um I mean my I understood Chinese. My parents would speak to me in Chinese, but I would kind of speak back to them in English.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
1: when I came back here in Taiwan, you would think like everyone's speaking English, but actually there's a lot of Chinese going on. Mm. So like the first things that I picked up was probably like guangling. Like right. that was like the first phrase I kind of picked up. <laughs>
0: Welcome.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like <tunai> Okay, <laughs>
0: exactly. The important ones. <laughs> the important ones. ones. Yeah. What to um, order, how to order.
1: Yeah. But to be honest, my language didn't really, really pick up until after college when I started working here.
2: Oh yeah. But I mean
1: it was enough to get by in Mm. high school. That was when I kind of really understood the value and the importance of Chinese.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's pivot to dancing. (laughs) Melody back in college. So, after graduating from TAS, you decided, as you kind of mentioned, it was always your plan, right? The master plan was to come back to the States for college, anyways. So, where did you decide to go and why?
1: Yeah. So, I went to Babson College. So, Babson is like a small business school in Massachusetts um, in Wellesley. Very famous. Have you heard? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. They have a very-
0: Entrepreneurship, especially. Exactly. They have a very,
1: very popular entrepreneurship program. It's like the number one entrepreneurship program in the States, like 14 years, probably like 20 years running now. I don't Mm -hmm. even know what the stats are, but better than like, you know, Bentley. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I love Bentley. Yeah, but like the Harvard, like entrepreneurship school Mm. or something. So you go to Babson and the first year, like when you're there, you open a company. So like there's this one class where it's like a class of 50 kids, everyone kind of throws out ideas, basically like you're pitching. So you're throwing out ideas at the end. We vote and then it narrows down to two ideas and then you can decide which idea or which company that you want to join. Okay. So the class gets split up half, half. And then once you join that company, you can decide what department you want to be in. So you can be in, operations, marketing. marketing, finance. And then you really actually have to run that company. Like you actually have to like for profit. If it's a product, you have to make it, you have to sell it. If you break even, if you make money, then you have to you have to donate it to charity.
0: Hmm. So yeah. where's the seed money coming for this?
1: <laughs> I don't remember. I feel like they do give you seed money.
0: right? I think I mean, they, they Yeah, they it's they a real do. Business. Yeah,
1: yeah, they probably do. I just, They're I, don't, like forcing I don't remember the details. To like
0: Pull out of their pockets. Yeah.
1: From the tuition.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. True.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's probably like a, it was probably not much, but Mm. our company was like, cause like every kid gets a laptop, like a school laptop. And then, so our idea was we would make a collage for you. You give us like 10 to 20 photos. We would arrange it into a collage and then we would print it out and then we would stick it onto your like a laptop cover. Hmm. Yeah, each one was like 20 bucks or something.
0: Wow, 20 bucks for a- It was
1: a little bit expensive.
0: (laughs) Great business.
1: Yeah. But then we did break even for profit. Like we did make money and then we did donate it. I forgot to what institution, to what charity.
0: Oh, you guys were like the pick collage before pick Collage Because collage is a Taiwan yeah. company, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So we Taiwan were pick founders. before. Because like, I don't think, we were still on like Blackberries and Motorola's back then. Like yeah. there wasn't apps and stuff. So we did that all very manually. I remember like, at Babson, the most famous idea of a company was like one year one of the groups they made like a monopoly board of the campus, and they Ooh. sold like the different properties, and then they would sell the board or something like that.
0: Whoa! It That's was a cool very idea.
1: super impressive. Like they would be like the food hall and like and then right as all different these like properties. landmarks in the yeah. college, and then they would sell the board. It's genius selling
0: real estate
1: yeah
0: yeah that's like nft's before nft's
1: exactly
0: that's impressive
1: genius yeah
0: where are those people now
1: i know right i
0: know <laughs> what kind of uh what kind of crypto fund are they
1: yeah.
0: are they running and running away from maybe <laughs> Wow. Yeah.
1: So I kind of knew I wanted to, so I'm very, I loved being at Babson. Like everyone has such an, like that entrepreneurial spirit. Like everyone was just always like, we're all just like, it's a business school. So we're all just very business minded. We're just all talking about like, okay, what's a good idea? Like, what can I start? Or like a lot of people are working on their own business already. And so it wasn't like a normal, like one of those major schools where it's like, you know, there's so many different people there. Like we're all pretty much, it's quite niche. Like everyone's Mm. just like out to- either take over their family business or start their own family business or start their own business. So I love that. I made a lot of really great friends there. And it was funny because a lot of them were kind of throughout Southeast Asia, like all throughout Asia, I should say. So even now we still keep in touch. So as we're looking to, like you mentioned, we're looking to expand into Hong Kong or Singapore, Indonesia. Like, you know, I can reach out to a lot of those contacts, those friends that I made. College was fun.
0: And you were a dancing queen on top of being an entrepreneur.
1: (laughs) I said it, it was like the hip hop dance crew.
0: What was it called?
1: It was called hypnotic with a K with a hypnotic that's very hip-hop K with, the a K. With, a K. with a K I like that
0: the as a person with a K at the front <laughs> I like that with a K at the back
1: it was gonna shout out hypnotic dance crew I don't know who's listening but exactly no but one of the girls she went on to become like Miss Hong Kong and like we still keep in touch but oh, now damn. she's like an actor celebrity in Hong Kong and we actually might do a collaboration on their activewear so okay. we're still very good friends oh
0: huh. yeah 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 hypnotizing so, uh, Hong Kong
1: hypnotizing from-
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> From Babson. Hypnotizing. Hypnotizing, exactly. Not a Kaizing with a K. Exactly.
1: Um,
0: so how big was this crew? And what were you doing? What was your specialty? Were you popping, locking? Were you no. breakdancing? Were you?
1: No, we, did, we didn't. It was just, we just had like a routine that we all... Um, it was a couple of us it was a couple of us girls actually no it was girls and guys so it was maybe a group of like 10 to 12 and we would do like showcases around Boston so we would go perform at like BU or BC and we kind of like network with the other schools there
0: oh so it's pretty serious
1: it was alright I mean it wasn't competitive it was more like a showcase
0: okay yeah Represent.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was fun. (laughs) And then my college years, I also like worked. Like my first job was just waitressing, a lot of waitressing work. So I worked at like a hot pot restaurant
0: for tips. Ooh, nice.
1: It was like the most famous hot pot restaurant in Boston. And so the tips were actually really good.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: And then I went to like this Japanese Korean fusion restaurant. I was a bartender. I was like one of those club hostesses. I was like hustling, but I mean, it was... Like the tipping culture in the states, it's like I
0: could Can be lucrative.
1: Very, I could make my month's rent in maybe like a good weekend.
0: Yeah,
2: for
1: yeah, sure. Yeah, so that was a lot, a lot of fun. Like I really, really missed that.
0: So you skipped over the bar hostess thing pretty quickly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna. <laughs> go I was hoping you were
0: because uh, I do remember last time we talked, you were talking about bottle service. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds like this is the same one.
1: Same thing. Um, I was part, it was like this promoter group. So they were promoting this club. And then, so I kind of went in as like their bottle service girl slash, like I had a group of girls. So I was almost like the-
0: The mama son.
1: The mama son of, of these girls. No
0: way. You were a mama son.
1: I was, that that makes it sound really bad, but I did take a portion of their tips. Yeah.
0: Oh, powerful. I mean, Maybe I was. You can start a business here in Taiwan. <laughs> no,
1: no, I have enough. <laughs> As you said,
0: everything in your life kind of comes, comes full, full circle. circle. So you never know, never say never. Cause a mama's <laughs> son, you know, you got to wait a couple of years still. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that was a lot of fun. But I mean, it was good in the States because, you know, there's like, I mean, back in my day, there was like an 18% tip on group.
0: Oh, the gratuity, when they the add gratuity, that, yeah, it's Yeah, the 18% sneaky. gratuity yeah. tip.
1: So like if you come in for a table, like there's always usually gonna be a group of six or more. And there was mm-hmm. a lot of like Vietnamese people coming through and they would pop bottles of like Hennessy and VSOP. And like, it would always be like a very hefty bill, a nice solid wow. bill. And then we'd always get, you know, at least 18 on top of that. You know, we just like party with them and have fun with them because in the States you can't pour your own alcohol, at least in Boston.
0: You Ooh. can't pour
1: your own alcohol. There that's has a regulation. To be, it's a regulation. There has to be a girl or someone stationed there to pour it for you.
0: Huh. Okay. Yeah.
1: So that's why you need bottle girls. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Out uh, of necessity. No. Right. <laughs> There's
0: <laughs> yeah, we had regulation. To do it. it was yeah, regulatory we had no choice.
1: Regulatory choice. Exactly. Do this.
0: We follow the rules here. So this was all during college. These are all these kind of part-time college job hustling type of situations.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: So what happened after you graduated?
1: After I graduated, I tried to kind of look for something in the States for a while, but then it was kind of around like 08, like 2010. So it was like Mm -hmm. the economic recession. Nobody was really hiring for money.
2: Mm -hmm. So it
1: was a lot of unpaid internships, but I did try some things to kind of get me through the door. So, I mean, from Babson, we all graduate with a bachelor's in business management. But then you can concentrate in like your own particular field. So for me, it was always in marketing. So I was just like very, very good at marketing. This marketing professor, he really liked me. And then so he would try to get me in the door with different agencies. And then so he would tell me to do the most eye-catching things. Like, for example, this one time he heard that one of the agencies recently signed on JetBlue, the airlines, into their agency. So he's like, you know what you should do? You should print out your resume on like a giant boarding pass, and then you should like just send to them and i was like let's do it
0: oh impressive
1: and then so it was like this huge like probably the length of this desk
0: no way and then
1: i would be like you know now boarding it would be like my name and like i would adapt the boarding pass about like why you should hire me i mean i did get an interview but i didn't get it but yeah i mean it was he would always tell me like he was like a very eclectic sort of professor he always tell me these like really fun stories about like things that people would do or like marketing kind of cases where you do something a little bit out of the ordinary or mm. like you would tell me a story about how once he was pitching for Amtrak or like one of the train yeah. companies and then him and his team decided like maybe the meeting with this client was at like 2 p.m. So they would like purposely wait in the parking lot and go in at like 2 two oh five or two ten or something and then huh. you would go in and be like that's how your customers feel when their train is late
2: oh like- <laughs> that's good
1: and then like Drop they would the leave mic. with that yeah they would leave with that so i really enjoyed like these Ooh, like kind of these stories and so i was like so down to try these things
0: huh what was the professor's name
1: mr glenn kelly
0: okay shout out to Mr. Glenn Kelly.
1: Mr. Kelly, yeah, shout out to Mr. Kelly. I mean, he still sees my Instagram posts, my Facebook stuff. So okay. he'll like sometimes like check in with me and be like- And
0: he's like, no, bigger, louder.
1: Yeah, he's like, not big enough. He's
0: like, can we jump on a call, go please? Big, go bigger. I have some advice for you. Yeah,
1: yeah, go bigger.
0: <laughs> I see.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's so important to have teachers that believe in you. I had some really good teachers. The other teacher that kind of shaped me was my second grade teacher, Miss Alderote. I loved her to death. This is
0: back in Jersey.
1: This is back in Jersey. Alderody. Miss Alderody. Okay. So, because I grew up in a, like a Chinese household. So like, I didn't have like very good English. Like I was almost supposed to go to ESL. Right. But then we had a neighbor, an elderly couple, but they're like Caucasian. They're like white. They're originally from like England or something. Okay. Your peeps. Yeah, but then they're like this elderly couple. And then we call them grandma and grandpa because like our grandparents were here in Taiwan. So we would go over to their house all the time. Like just every day after school, we would just like drop our book bags off at home and be like, we're going over to grandma and grandpa's. And we just go over there. And it was just like this. If you could imagine like in the movies, like what an old house looked like, like mm. this exactly what it looked like, exactly what it smelled like, like exactly what it looked Americana like. White Americana house. White Americana house. Yeah. Like the couch had like a flower print and like right. the curtains matched the couches. And then there's plaid like,
0: and like plaid
1: and lace doilies everywhere. And uh, but then they were so I mean, we just hung out there. We didn't really do much. We were just like hang out with them or like make dinner with them or watch TV or like play in their backyard, play with their cat. I'll always be in gratitude of grandpa. His name's Al Fisher. He's not with us anymore, but
0: mm, rest in peace.
1: But he like in the beginning when I went into kindergarten, they want to put me in the ESL program because my mom couldn't really speak English. So she didn't know how to like navigate that. And then he heard that they were going to put me in ESL. And he was like, no. And then he took me to school and he's like, this young lady (laughs) will not be in your ESL program. Like she's fine. Like she's going to catch up fine. Wow. And then so in kindergarten. So like in the beginning, I guess it was kind of rough, but for Mother's Day of kindergarten i was one of the only kids to go up and read a book like an english book they would invite the mothers in so i was like the kid to read the english book to the class right yeah and then so
0: where's teacher alderody
1: Ah, uh, i'm saying this because yeah thank you so I was always a little self-conscious about my English, but it wasn't until second grade, she had this thing during class where you have to write your own book. It was basically like a comic book. Like you write a story and then you break it up into pages and then you draw and then you like staple it together and then you present it and that's your book. And then so we would go around and then she would be like, okay, what stage are you at? Are you at the writing stage, the illustration stage, the publishing stage. I had trouble saying publishing. Like mm. I couldn't say that word, but the way she encouraged me, the way she like worked with me through my stories, I used to hate this part of the class, but then she worked with me through it. I'll forever be indebted to her because that's how I started really enjoy writing. Mm -hmm. Like even now I really enjoy on my Instagram, like I enjoy writing posts. I enjoy sharing. I enjoy finding like the right word to describe something. Mm -hmm. And I think she kind of instilled that in me. She gave me so much confidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as like a little, little Asian girl.
0: That's awesome. And all the way in second grade too.
1: Second grade. I remember a lot of my teachers, a lot of them, I mean, I'm very lucky, but Miss Alderote was very, very formative Mr. Kelly in college having good teachers are so exactly
0: teachers are everything
1: yeah they really are
0: what about high school
1: I'm trying to think
0: blank no (laughs) (laughs) shout out to TAS come on (laughs) oh there there are
1: some fun teachers (laughs) oh um his name I I see his face. I don't remember
0: his name. Uh uh. He's probably here now too. He's probably listening to this, uh, crying his head off.
1: I remember his I remember his face. I don't remember he's very popular. I'm sure some of the other people have mentioned him before because he's like ancient. He's been there forever.
0: What did he teach?
1: US history. Okay. It was because of him that like I mean, I Mr. enjoy Smith. history. Oh, everyone knows Mr. Smith I mean yeah that's the one of the one that I came like the first one that I came to mind but really? not but just because this class is so so much fun
0: Arnold arnold
1: mr arnold
0: mr arnold we knew that this whole time
1: okay I'm, uh,
0: it's just a teaser <laughs> yeah it's her marketing skills it's been, you know i'm making sure the you suspense, guys are still listening you know yeah. exactly exactly mr arnold
1: bless his heart mr arnold he taught u.s history he's been there around there like forever but he has the memory of an elephant like he will tell you like you know i once had a girl in 1990 who used to sit here or i used to have a kid in you know 1993 would sit here he had the memory of an elephant and the way he taught history, like mm-hmm. just, it was like a story. It was like so easy for me to understand. Otherwise history can be a little dense. Mm-hmm. But he made it fun. And I actually enjoy history. I, I enjoy U.S. history. I enjoy art history. So like in college, I did a couple of electives in art history as well. Hmm. So like history, it's just like storytelling. It's just like remembering the different events and the storyline. So
0: totally. I think the best education is always kind of wrapped in a great story. Yeah. Likewise with business. Right. Yeah. You know, and marketing, especially. Yeah. You got to be able to tell that story, connect with the audience. Right. Yeah. Shout out to all those great teachers out there. Yeah, really inspirational teachers.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Nice. Okay. So then, where you- are we now?
2: <laughs> where are <laughs> we now?
1: My yeah. So I tried to find a job in the states. Right. But then after about six months, my dad was like, maybe you should move back to Asia. Like there's a lot more opportunity. It's like booming here. There's mm-hmm. so many more opportunities here. And then, so I was like, yeah, okay. And then he's also like, stop fucking around there. Mm, <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> time to, yeah.
0: Time to get serious girl. Yeah.
1: And then, so I moved back to Taiwan. And back then my dream was to kind of do something in advertising. It was like Mad Men era. Okay. So my dream was like to work at an advertising firm and to do that whole Mad Men thing. And right. So I did apply to a couple agencies and I got in actually very quickly. So he was right. There were much more hiring opportunities here.
2: Mm-hmm. So my
1: first job was at DDB. Mm. It's an advertising it's agency. A huge one. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I know. Yeah. So, but in Taiwan, I think it's like with BBDO or something. They like merged or something. Right. But DDB, I was like an account executive. So bitch, <laughs> like,
2: this, right. like,
1: yeah, it's the smallest one, you kind of work your way up. But <laughs> I started off as an account executive. I had a really, really great manager. Her name is Diane Liu. We still keep in touch. Mm. She taught me so much. She's taught me a lot. Actually, I had a really great experience there. So when I came in, like I came in like guns a blazing. I was like, I just came in from the States. I had so much Mm. passion. I had so much balls to do like different things. I could speak English. I couldn't really speak Chinese, but it's okay. I could speak English. And so they gave me a lot of opportunities to present to the client or do a lot of pitchings and like try to get me- Put
0: you in the front lines, basically. Put me
1: on the front line. And they gave me a lot of, they really valued my my perspective my my perspective my opinions the things that i had to say diane taught me a lot about how to plan things out and like be more organized in terms of like my work and communication. That's kind of where my Chinese started getting better because like a lot of the communication going in and out was like in Chinese Mm. and I couldn't really read it. And so literally I would take the whole email. I would like put it into Google translate and then I would like listen in word by word. I would like teach myself. And then, you know, after we go to a client meeting, we have to do briefs where we brief the creative team. And like, so I couldn't write English for, I, it used to be very Chinglish, like the first briefs that I wrote, very chinglish but then towards the end diane was like okay you have to start trying to use more and more chinese now it was such a it was like torture at the very beginning and she would work with me through each and every word just to kind of like make sure that the right things was getting communicated across and like she really really worked with me yeah but now i'm okay and then what really helped my language was when i met my husband oh yeah my then boyfriend now husband
0: okay Shout out but to the man.
1: Yeah, definitely. The lucky man. If your partner speaks only, you'll learn that language very quickly just, just from arguing. Right. <laughs> yeah, <it's
0: laughs> exactly. Survival. Trying to get your uh, ideas across. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I came back here. I did advertising, but I always kind of knew I wanted to start a business of my own at mm. one point or another, but I was just always on the lookout for what that would be, like what I wanted to start my company in like what.
0: Yeah, so where did this idea for Via Sweat come from?
1: We went through a lot of ideas first, actually. I had a lot of ideas in the meantime. Like back then I wanted to do like a food delivery service, like a healthy food delivery service. And this was way before Ubers and Food Panda. So like just the logistics of like how I would deliver this and like, you know, like yeah, it's not food delivery drink. anymore.
0: It's more like yeah. logistics.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is kind of hard. I don't have the resources to do this. And then I also dabbled because it was like cupcakes were very popular back then. There was like this whole trend of like opening up cupcake shops. And I was like, oh, maybe I can do like a cupcake thing. And then my husband or like my then boyfriend, he was like, you don't even bake. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea for you.
0: Right. And you then know, it, baked by Melissa's in New York city. They have yeah. these like mini Mini cupcakes? Yeah. They were really huge. Oh. Yeah, with like a bunch of different shops. But oh. what kind of cupcakes were you thinking?
1: Just like regular sized <laughs> Okay. regular okay. cupcakes. Actually I wanted to cake pops, but yeah. Ooh. Anyway, and then one day I came, he picked me up from after work. And then I was like, oh, I know what I'm going to do now. I was like, I want to do like activewear brand because I like staying active. I'm not like a super duper like a marathon runner or like a yogi or anything. But I just like, you know, trying different things. I like being outdoors. I like, you know, playing softball. I like working out. So I was like, I want to do an activewear brand because this is something that I'm interested in. I have the passion for. And then my experience, like my background is marketing. I know how to market this story. And then in Taiwan, like our functional fabrics, like mm. the ones that you use for like night or Lululemon like right, it's with a nice very,
0: stretch in it and yeah it's sweat like, resistant exactly like resistant. we have
1: we're very very strong in that like For Taiwan sure. a lot of yeah. it's made in Taiwan exactly yeah. a lot of the research and development is here in Taiwan a lot of the technical expertise is here in Taiwan mm-hmm. like so I was like we have access to so many of these technical functional fabrics so I was like, these couple of things, I'm gonna try to like do something with it. And back then when I started this company seven or eight years ago, there weren't that many active or brands. It was just mm. like Nike and Adidas. Nike and Adidas. What about Lulu? Lulu still in like the US. Like they haven't right. even come over to Asia yet. Okay. And then Under Armour, I think, was just starting to come to Asia. Mm. There weren't that many other independent labels and coming from the States, there are so many independent labels. So I was mm-hmm. like, why is that? And we have access to these textile fabrics and you know, I could really make where that's more fitted for like the Asian body type. So I decided to give it a try. And I think we're very lucky with the timing as well because we were a little bit ahead of the fitness trend. So, when we first started out like fitness to the general public, especially women, a lot of it was like, oh, if we weightlift, if women weight train, we're going to like bulk up. Yeah, and we're, we're going to like have we're, too much muscle. I we're don't gonna want have that. Too much muscle. Yeah. Or like they had a lot of concepts around dieting was like, oh, if I want to lose weight, I can only eat white rice and like steamed vegetables, you mm. know? But I think um, when we entered the game, the media, the celebrities, like a lot of people started talking about working out. And so it wasn't just up to us to kind of educate everyone on fitness. So we were lucky that we kind of entered the market at a very opportune time. And then people started working out. And I think where we're positioned, like when you start working out, it's okay if you buy from nike and adidas first i think it's just very like you know it's just so easily accessible but as you start working out you'll realize that you know what you want something that's more tailored to your body type something that's more comfortable to you Mm. and then that's when you kind of start doing more research and that's when you stumble upon a brand like via sweat and one of our more popular products is and it's like our best-selling product it's like a zip bra so like because i design all of these products myself so for me it was like my biggest pain point was after a sweaty workout to take off a traditional sports bra is very very hard tell me about it girl it's very tiring i know it gets stuck you get stuck in it and then <laughs> so my design was that there was like a full zip front mm. so like you can just like unzip it and it's just very quick and painless so yeah so that sold very well the media picked up on it vogue and so in the beginning it did quite well and so we went into the um, department stores we did pop-up shops all over taiwan but in my first year like a couple of months after i launched the brand i got pregnant and so in the first year of loan of starting my business like we got married we started business and I was like pregnant with my first kid for the record we got married first (laughs) (laughs) for the record we got married there's nothing wrong with not but it just for the record for the way I said that story made it sound like we did it like a shotgun wedding (laughs) right for the record we got married first and I was like okay if I'm gonna do something it would be now. And oh. so that's when I was like, okay, I'm gonna try it. Like it's now, or like I wanted to try it at that particular moment in time. So we got married, started my company. The baby came all at the same time.
0: That's okay. a crazy thing. Because yeah. as anyone knows, as any entrepreneur knows, that first year, first couple of years is always gonna be the hardest.
1: Yeah, yeah. And everything kind of all came at once. I mean. We didn't plan to have kids that early, but I mean, again, things, my, happen. things happen. And again, when you
0: have a bra that zips <laughs> down easily, then.
1: <laughs> I mean, again, like my personality, I'm just like, we'll make it work. And maybe it's supposed to be that way. Like, I mean, maybe right now, like my kids are older now. I'm one of the earlier ones in my group to get married and have kids. So when they were still out partying, like I had kids. But now, like my kids are a little bit older and they're in school and I have a more set schedule. So I can focus more on my work now Mm. yeah so i don't know maybe it's just the way the universe kind of worked out
0: what were the biggest difficulties in those first couple of years aside from the family things that you know come into that but just from a purely business perspective what were the biggest obstacles business Mm. i
1: mean in retrospect i can tell you but like back then like when it was happening like everything was just happening too fast we were almost in like just reactive mode for everything in retrospect i feel like in those years a lot of it is actually more emotional. It's actually Mm. a lot of it was just kind of like getting your own head on straight. A lot of it was ego, to be honest. Like a lot of the things that messed us up, a lot of it had to do with our ego. Mm. And it wasn't until like now, like seven or eight years later, like older, wiser, I have a second business. And then you look back and then you're like, a lot of those business decisions were not sound (laughs) like they were not necessarily good decisions. But as like a first time founder, I've talked to a lot of founders in the community. And there's a lot of mistakes that you will make. For me, a lot of it was kind of more ego or emotional or just kind of like mental kind of mistakes. You know, for example, like I would be on social media. I would see what other people are doing, and it would make me anxious. And because mm. I was anxious, I would make a business decision that like may not have been the most financially sound, or like may not have been the most like what was right for us at that time. But it was just something that like I felt like I was falling behind or something. Or the just FOMO, to, the FOMO, the kicked FOMO, in. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a lot of I think like if you wanted to pattern wise, if you kind of wanted to like go back and I mean there's a lot of like little things along the way, but I'm like if you wanted to group it together as like my biggest lesson learned. It would be like to get your head on straight and to like not kind of I think also because of all that, that's why I am more into wellness and well-being and kind of like taking care of your own mental and like emotional because I feel like when you're more calm and at peace and just like, you know, Not stable, just like have your head on right. The decisions that you make from the altitude that you can see things, how you see things more clearly, how you have more space to Mm -hmm. for your employees, for your team. I'm also like a mother figure for like my team. Just like when you're leading a team, it's not about you as like you know, oh, I'm their boss, I'm their manager, Mm -hmm. but it's about how can I equip my team like how can i make sure that they can do their job well like i always say like i'm almost like a sixth man i'm always like okay you tell me how can i help you make your job better how can i always kind of push them outside of their comfort zone so that they always feel like they're growing and i'm giving them more opportunities to be seen yeah so i think all of these things just have to do with taking care of myself first so that I have the clarity, the mental clarity, the space to like take care of the people who need me around me. If it's my family, my business, my team.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what kind of products do you have at Via Sweat?
1: At Via Sweat, we have sports bras, leggings, Mostly sports bras and leggings. I mean, we have tops and stuff, but um, we try to use all like eco friendly fabrics. So we made that change when I had my first kid. And I was like, okay, now that I'm a mom and, you know, I'm leaving this world to her. I'm lucky to have a platform where I can make a difference. So I wanted to try to use more eco-friendly fabrics. So things that are made from like recycled plastics or recycled nylon. And then we try to use like biodegradable packaging or we try to be more paperless. Yeah, things like that.
0: And you mentioned it, but it seems like that kind of transformation or evolution in your own kind of wellness started during this time.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because a lot of it was like, it was like so many different roles and responsibilities happening all at the same time. So it was like how to be like, we just got married. So it was like husband and wife. And then we just, you know, started a new business. So it's like, okay, how do I be a founder, a a leader, a boss or whatever? And then it was like a mom, like, how do I be a mom? So like all these roles and responsibilities all came at the same time. The first company is founded by my husband and I. So like, it was like just everything all at once. Cause we're trying to navigate being like newlyweds, but at the same time, we're also co-founders. And then we also its not always easy. It's (laughs) not at all. It's not always a good idea. (laughs) No, it's not at all. So like, (laughs) 3 or 4 years into it i mean like we we went through a rough patch ourselves where mm. we you know we almost got separated like there was talks of a divorce but The way we worked through that, like it came down to, I remember there was maybe one or two years where like there was just zero communication between us. Like we couldn't open our mouth without getting into it, Mm. without getting into a fight. We just completely just started shutting down from each other. At that time, like the business wasn't running as smooth. And so like, it was a lot of blame game. We were kind of like, it's your fault. fault, Yeah. Yeah. And then so the kind of turning point for me, to be honest, is I was kind of almost ready to I was in the mindset of like, okay, if we do get separated, Mm. if we do separate, then I have to be a single mom of two kids now, because by that time, I think the second one was on the way or already Mm. born. And then so in my mindset, I was like, okay, you know what? I need to start taking care of myself because I might be a single mom, two kids now. And then so my husband, I would just kind of like cooled off at that time. So like he started reading a lot of books. He started doing a lot of like kind of spiritual kind of like journey kind of stuff he started meditating and then i started like going to see different like therapists i started like kind of working through my own shit i started to try to build myself mentally stronger at that time we just kind of like focused on ourselves for a while i mean we also did marriage counseling and we tried to work through it but then i think what helped us the most was the fact that we kind of worked on ourselves to be Mm. honest like it wasn't we didn't have a problem right
0: it wasn't a we it was an i it
1: wasn't a we it was an i a lot of the times like we figured out like we're fine actually but it was just like me projecting a lot of my unhappiness or trauma or whatever onto him Mm -hmm. and likewise right but like if you can kind of learn how to be aware like self-aware of how you're feeling and have the wellness tools to be able to kind of like self-heal or to work through it or to know who to go to that maybe is not your partner like you know Mm -hmm. a professional or you know different things that kind of help you through it a lot of times it's not about us Mm. like we haven't after we both went into our own self-growth awakening kind of thing we haven't had a fight in like the past like one or two years like Mm. i mean sometimes we'll kind of like almost but like we recognize that we're about to get into something so we'll just kind of like cool down and be like or we'll just kind of apologize and be like sorry it's just because i had a really tough day today i didn't mean it it's not directed at you Yeah, going back to your question, that's how my whole wellness journey started. Just so many things happening at once. My mental, spiritual, emotional kind of was all just breaking down. I think even physical too, because after my second kid, it was like, I'm pretty sure I had postpartum depression. Mm. The company was giving me anxiety, stress, the pressures from our marriage, or you know, it might be on the verge of failing or, right. or breaking and apart. These
0: two beautiful girls and the kids, to worry the about.
1: kids, yeah, and the kids just you know need their mom. Mm. So it's just so many things, and I was like, you know, something needs to change. Yeah, something needs to change.
0: Wow. So what were some of the biggest takeaways during this time of this self-healing journey? What were some of the things that were particularly effective for you and helped you to kind of recenter or change your perspective on different things?
1: I think the concept of being reacting versus responding mm. I feel like I was in such like survival mode before that it was just all reacting Reaction. yeah I was just reacting like I was just like if you use a tone of voice with me then I'm gonna I'm right. gonna fight back
0: right you know it was just defensive
1: defensive mode yeah. and it was like you know something would happen at work and like bring me some sort of like emotion or stress or trigger and then I would just like lash it out right back to you or someone else. But it wasn't until I realized that you can choose to respond. You don't have to react to everything. And the difference between that is just like a beat, a split second. Like the split second when you choose to react or respond, I feel like it's such a big game changer for me. Mm. Because it's like in that split second, I like rewired myself to kind of go through a list of different things that I can do to respond to it. Like I I could choose to take a deep breath. I can choose to treat this with humor. I can choose to, you know, laugh it off. I can choose to walk away. I can choose to, you know, handle it later. There's so many things that I could choose to do instead of just always reacting. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of helped me in all of my, regardless if it's, you know, work or my personal life. And I think that's also like self-awareness. I think just being self-aware of like, okay, how am I feeling right now? Okay, I feel triggered. Okay, what can I'm feeling triggered. Like, why did this trigger me? Okay, now that I know that this is triggering me, then what are the things that I could do to help me feel better or like to handle the situation? And I kind of go through. I'm almost like, I'm pro. Programmed to like mm. differently, I've like rewired the whole, the whole SOP system, the whole system different.
0: Right. And just having that meta awareness and sometimes just taking a breath and stepping away is everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Putting a little distance in space and time from that situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's been a really big game changer. And it's funny too, because my husband is always like, you're so Zen now. He's like, you've been doing too much wellness. He's <laughs> like, you're like so... <laughs> you're so zen
0: you're so you're
1: too zen he's like you're "You're too zen zen (laughs) now you're "You're too zen now yeah i used to be so explosive i used to be just like very
0: where this come from do you know
1: i think it's just a lot of past like trauma like childhood stuff like just a lot of emotions like pent up that i didn't process like i didn't i didn't yeah um, face it I didn't face it. Yeah, I was just trying to bury it down. Yeah. And like, so every time something triggered me, it would be like a volcano. I would just like explode. It would
0: all come out. It
1: would just all come out. But I can't stress enough how important it is for us to kind of like work through our stuff, like to face that stuff rather than just burying it down right? or like using other things to cover it up, like escapism or like, you know, you know like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, like the vices, right?
0: Yeah. Which are easy. The
1: vice, yeah, to kind of and like they can be fun. So yeah, they're but, tempting, but, at but the sometimes the you day, need to face
0: the reality, face. and that's a big thing here, right? In not only in Taiwan but just Asian culture at large, right? Which is really not kind of facing those things, hiding them, putting them in the background, right? That's cultural as well. So I think that probably was part of your thing, but I guess that also as a wellness coach, that also is, I think it can be good. In this market as well, where people don't really know how to deal with those situations because it's a very deep thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's kind of like the premise behind Nest Wellness. I'm sure if you've listened to episode 45. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and If you haven't. Get on it. it. Exactly.
1: (laughs) So the whole. Shout out Angela. (laughs) The nest name is the whole concept of like, we hope that you can find your nest here. So nest comes from the word wellness. Mm -hmm. So for each person, the wellness is different. It could be fitness, mindfulness, calmness. And so the idea is that we're a collective of just like wellness resources, wellness professionals. And I like to kind of think of it as like, you know, you can experience different types of wellness or experience different types of teachers so that you can build up your own mental toolbox. And then so you can kind of know, gauge based on how I'm feeling right now, how much time I have, resources that I have, what I can do to kind of like self-heal. So for example, like I do like breath work or meditation, I do yoga, I have therapists, I have life coaches. And based on what I need right now, like maybe right now I'm just going from one meeting to another. I only have, you know, a couple minutes in between. Let's do a quick breath work thing. And maybe, you know, I have a little bit more time. Maybe I have 10, 15 minutes. I'll do a meditation. I'm like always meditating in the cabs. Like mm. like if I'm going from like east to west, like to right. Bin I'm just like just ten minutes. I'll just kind of close my eyes and just kind of center myself before right. I go to the next place. And then if I have more time, you know, I like to get up early in the morning. So I try to do yoga. I try to do stretching. I just kind of like try to be out in nature with the sun. And then if I have more time and like more resources, if I have the budget to do it right now, maybe I'll go find my, you know, like a therapist or like my life coach or a business coach. Like it's just about building up that mental toolbox, like kind of knowing what works for you because not everything works for like what works for me may not work for you right but it's finding that you know that teacher or that professional or that thing that you can use and it's like a first aid kit
0: right it's a toolbox know?
1: it's a toolbox it's like a first aid kit
0: so for nest yourself. provides that platform where you can connect with those different tools yeah. whatever it may be it may fit or it may not but that's a uh, opportunity for you to find that
1: exactly exactly
0: hmm. So what other things, what other kind of practices are important to you after kind of finding this awakening, this enlightenment? Is there anything else that kind of brings you specific special peace or joy?
1: I think just recognizing, especially as a mom, that self-care isn't selfish. And I'll say it again for the people in the back. All self-care right. is not selfish. Mm. And I think it's, it's easy to kind of um take it out of context, especially when you're like, oh, I take care of myself first before I take care of my kids. Mm. And it's so easy to kind of take it out of context. It's but like, like
0: you are like, you. Yeah. It's you're like, right. oh,
1: you're neglecting your kids. But yeah. no, it's like, of course, my kids are like, everything's me. I would like lay, lay down my life for them. But right. like.
0: But you have to be at your optimal to be able to take care of them the best, right?
1: Exactly. My kids need me to be at my best you know mm-hmm. they don't need a mom that's just like you know emotionally unstable or just like crying or like sleeping or right. like tired all I'm the time taking
0: care of you but i'm a f- hot mess yeah and that's not good
1: yeah they need their mom to like be on top of it they want their mom like when kids are that little like you are like their superhero so i need to be at my best and the same for like my team like i want to be at my best so that i can show up for them so that i can empower them to do their best But if I'm like always walking in like a hot mess, Mm -hmm. like that sets the standard for, you know. Exactly. That sets the tone. Yeah. So. I truly believe in taking care of myself so that I can take care so I can also be a good wife to my husband, you know, if I'm always out of energy because I give all my energy to my kids, my work
2: Mm. and like
1: my husband needs me. He wants to like quality time to like chat. He wants to like, you know, maybe we'll drink a wine after dinner and just like catch up on each other's day. And like maybe he's going through some things that he needs to talk it out. I want to be able to have the space and the energy to be there for him as well. Mm -hmm. So that all comes down to taking care of myself first, but also not being afraid to ask for help Mm. i think a lot of times like we think that we have to go at it alone like no one's going to help you but actually a lot of people do want to help you but it's just like you don't you don't say it like so
0: exactly and that vulnerability is so important right yeah again it's it's a big thing in chinese and asian culture right where that means is so important right right very hard oftentimes culturally to be able to say that to yeah kind of take that first step and say yeah 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 I just want to talk I need to talk
1: yeah a lot of it is kind of like oh you think that 好像你比较辛苦, it's like wait that you know mm. like if you know, like, it's like, okay, it's like, okay, you're so. But like, it's not sustainable, I feel like. It's very easy to burn out. And for if you're sure. looking at it from the long term point of view, or if, yeah, to take care of the people who need you, the things that need you the most, it's okay to ask for help.
0: Yeah, exactly. So how has this journey been with Ness Wellness? So recently you were also out of country, just like our friend Angela. What were you guys doing?
1: Um, Ness has been a lot of fun. It's been quite a ride. The way I feel for Ness is kind of like how I felt when Via Sweat started. It's almost like we kind of are at the crux of the trend. Like we can feel the wave. And so we're so lucky with so many opportunities We have so many corporate clients that come to us because our team is so small. So we haven't really had the chance to like do too much BD business development stuff. So startup. Yeah, but we're, I mean, we're very lucky that we have so many great multinational companies come to us to do their employee wellbeing programs. Um, Like we're looking into expanding into Hong Kong and Singapore. And we have so many just like partners that just kind of, I don't know, like the universe just kind of placed them In front of us and like they're so keen on helping to build the nest brand in that market and we have so many great wellness providers and teachers on our platform that is just so willing to help out and help promote what we're trying to do so i'm like so grateful it just shows that you know what we're doing we're on the right track and it's just so so grateful to everyone who's kind of helped us along the way and our vision is to build the biggest wellness platform in asia so we went to singapore first. It was a two week program. The first week was we attended an exhibition called Switch. And then the second week was more just like meeting on the ground, kind of like investors or like other companies in the space or like just kind of networking, kind of understanding who you can connect with to get more into the market. So we kind of like, like you just said, we relay race tag team for that. Mm. So um, my business partner was there for the first week. I was there for the second week. It was like full day programs, but I also tried to schedule some meeting up, some of my own personal contacts there to see what the wellness space was like there. We also checked out some gyms and studios. So I spent a week in Singapore and then afterwards I met Angela in Hong Kong. Mm. And so we're launching. We just set up an office in Hong Kong and we're launching the Hong Kong market. So that was almost like a almost like a little launch event there. We partnered up with a gym. It was packaged as like a charity event. So there was also like a wish come true foundation or make, was make, it make a wish. A, was it make a wish, wish come true. Something, something about wishing.
0: Okay. Yeah. We'll make it come true.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Dreams come true. Dreams come true.
0: Those Dreams do come, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dreams come true foundation, charity event. And then our title sponsor, like main sponsor was like Club Med. And then, mm. so we held it at Faye Hong Kong Hong which is kind of like where Levy used to be and like Langguifang, we had press, we had celebrities, we had influencers come through. So it was just kind of like letting people know the nest name and kind of activating the market there. So we're really excited to do more work in Hong Kong, Singapore, mm. and to be more active in these markets. So if you're a listener from Hong Kong and Singapore, please reach out to us. We're looking for providers, partners. Anything kind of in the local market.
0: How do you feel about the wellness space in Asia?
1: I think there's still a lot of stigma around mental well-being and stuff, but I feel like we've made such progress, especially post-pandemic. I feel like a lot of it is also the media and kind of the stuff trickling over from the us or from overseas where Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people are talking about the importance of mental well-being about you know burning out and the meditation apps calm and headspace and stuff like that so i feel like asia in general like we are more open to it because a lot of these things kind of started from here anyway like a lot of these alternative medicine and like meditation and like like shen xing ling is like something in our vocabulary you Mm -hmm. know so I mean, we're open to
0: it. Yeah, yoga is not Western.
1: No, yoga is not Western. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but it's just kind of like how you package it and just kind of like that trend that kind of like made its way over to the to Asia. And so we definitely made progress. It kind of feels like going back to like fitness where like, you know, in the beginning, like we had those weird concepts about what working out was. Right. And, but now there's just like a gym and studio on every corner.
0: It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And there's yeah. so
1: many trainers. Everyone's kind of coming out and doing their own thing. So I'm definitely, I'm positive about it and especially because there's so much talk about esg and like csr so a lot of the corporates are doing more work in this as well and taking more better care of their employees
2: Mm. and
1: also because like the whole like employee retention like it's hard to kind of hire talent nowadays so investing in your employees and listening to what they want it's not just like okay here's another sales like one of those sales trainings,
0: right? right you know, right, or right, like, right, okay, right.
1: let's do another one about like, I don't know. Yeah.
0: And they just, whatever, the employees leadership. just go to them and then, you know, just a check off a box and yeah, they're not really paying attention. That's
1: not, yeah. Treat them as humans. Like not just like a cog in the machine and like.
0: That's a new concept <laughs> in a lot of places.
1: Yeah, it is. It <laughs> right? is. But. Yeah. I think a lot of things are aligned to kind of push this in the right direction with like you know governments and like ESG, CSR, DEI mm-hmm. and then um, the media talking about it like the celebrities or influencers like everyone's kind of like more and more like talking about it so building this Nest platform is just kind of hoping that you know as more and more people join kind of like their wellness journey like embark on their wellness journey regardless if it's like you've just started or you've been doing this for a couple of years Nest we aim to be a resource where you can find anything that you need.
0: Mm. So how are you and Angela splitting up your roles and responsibilities as co-founders?
1: We're quite, oh, we're very complimentary. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. I mean, of course, in the beginning, because it's funny, Angela and I, we, we have a lot of mutual friends, but we kind of started off as business partners first before we became friends. Mm. Like we've known each, we know of each other, mm-hmm. but then the first time we met was at a women's networking event. And then I was just kind of sharing what I was doing. And then we just started talking and then we decided we're like, Hey, do you want do this together and we're like okay sure
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then so we kind of became business partner first and then we became friends i almost prefer it that way because i mean with my first one my first business it was like a husband and wife
0: yeah like
1: it was like the complete opposite spectrum so the closest you can get the closest that you can get and then you become business partners and then the other way around is like yeah we kind of know each other but then we right. become business partner first and then we become friends and start caring for each other but it, it kind of puts in a different like you're able to see things more clearly like it's more about like her strengths my strengths so naturally we never really like talked about okay you're in charge of the- your operations and i'm this we just kind of started covering for each other until we kind of like kind of divided work so angela is more she's very very good at networking and social and like business development and bringing in resources
2: mm-hmm.
1: she's so good at that yes and then i i i really would rather not like i just <laughs> it's
2: perfect
1: <laughs> i'm so i i you yeah can't. i can't yeah. and like that's so draining for me mm. I feel like that's almost energizing for her it Like is. she's, yeah, a, she's she loves, a superwoman yeah, seriously she loves yeah. that and then like <laughs> but for me it's just so draining for me and I just would rather not oh. and then but it's so important to have someone like that on your team for sure and then so like she'll bring in a lot of resources but then for me I'm more I'm not like a gatekeeper but I'm just kind of like because I have the ears on the ground or like I'm more involved in the day to day and I'm like I spend more time with the team I kind of know like what's on their plate and like where we're going so she'll kind of bring things and we'll discuss it together about like which leads we should pursue or like where we're headed more strategy wise. Mm. So we kind of break it up that way. Where she's more like external and more like internal. I'm more like day to day. I stay with the team. I'm like ears on the ground. And then especially now, like post pandemic, she's traveling a lot more as well. So mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. Sometimes we she's joke
0: good at that too. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes
1: we joke around that like she's like the dad. I'm like the mom. And <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> like the funny. dad is always like.
0: So you guys ended up getting married anyway.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but it's it's nice. And I mean, sometimes we'll kind of butt heads a little bit, but I think it's really good because mm. then it's like, I appreciate her point of view. Like she sees things that I don't. Like she definitely sees my blind spots. Yeah, and yeah. The, the other way around too. So right. we value each other's opinions, even though, yeah, sometimes we'll get into it, but nothing too serious so far. I think it's just very healthy. And mm. at the end of the day, we respect each other. So- if she wants to try something then like yeah sure let's try it and mm. if i want to try something she's like yeah sure let's, let's go for it and then if it works it works if it doesn't like we'll pivot and we'll try something else
0: nice so we heard about the opening of this hong kong office with a star-studded party mm-hmm. uh, to kick it off what are some other kind of goals or things that we can maybe expect or things that you guys want to work on in the near future
1: Well, next year, we definitely want to pursue Hong Kong and Singapore even more. So we have a partner in Hong Kong right now. But again, we're always looking for more partners or collaborations that we can work with. We do want to roll out more employee well-being programs for our corporate clients, Mm. Um, especially more like long term sort of like year round programs or like at least half year where we can kind of track the progress before and after. We're looking to develop more tools that can kind of help us measure and have more quantitative data reporting systems to kind of gauge how our programs are, you know, working or like how your employee or how you individually is progressing before and after.
0: Right. So this is more back end tech stack stuff.
1: A lot of, yeah, a lot of back end tech stuff. And then of course, just always getting our brand out there more. Next year, we do want to try to do like a larger scale event, like a wellness festival.
0: Angela's also good at that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, she is. We wanted to kind of like founder retreats or like executive retreats where it's more like higher end, Mm -hmm. but it's more curated, like selective experiences. Because we realize that a lot of these executives and founders, like it could be lonely when you get to a certain height. No, oh, for sure. Yeah, and so so
0: lonely is up there, actually.
1: Yeah, and yeah. you've kind of met everyone that you need to meet vertically in your industry, and so like I think these executives they kind of want to start meeting interesting people horizontally, like right. in different industries, and to kind of see if there's any sort of like hoa fireworks that you can get from that. Oh yeah. wow!
0: So, so you guys are thinking about arranging these like in Indonesia. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. kind of like these
1: retreats and stuff, these executive retreats. Angela has setting up some things in Bali.
0: Exactly, that's what I was referring to.
1: Yeah, yeah, in (laughs) Bali. So yeah, those are all things in the pipeline.
0: Okay, so anyone out there listening in the wellness space or want to be involved in the wellness space, you know who to reach out to. Yes. These two powerful ladies. Yes. Leading (laughs) in the forefront here in Taiwan to the rest of the world. Aw, yeah. Okay, so... What about Porsche? I mentioned that in the beginning. I also know that you do some things with Porsche. You're like a Porsche model, a Porsche superstar. So, what is that all about?
1: <laughs> um, so uh, again, I like to kind of share what I'm doing on my Instagram. So, um mm. I'm very fortunate to work with brands that also value like what I'm sharing and, you know, my my lifestyle and wellness and stuff. So, Porsche came from a campaign that we did last year. They were doing like a drive your dreams campaign where it's like about female kind of empowerment, you know, taking control of their own.
0: Yeah, the, <laughs> the reins. The,
1: the, the cockpit of their own lives kind of right, thing. Right, right, right. And so I was very fortunate to be, it was a couple of us. Um, There was like a director of the very well-known movie, American Girl.
0: Okay, yes.
1: The director, there was Fiona. like- Fiona, yeah. yeah. So like women from all walks of life, there's like an architect, Kimberly, the wake surfer. There's people in the VC or like, you know, a lot of like women kind of empowerment groups. And then, so a couple of us, we kind of came together and to kind of represent what it meant to drive your dream. So that was so much fun. They invited us out to like the racetrack. We got to try out all of the cars. We got to do like all the,
0: what's it called? Oh, really? The- <laughs> <laughs> like a slalom.
1: Yeah, like the slalom. Yeah, yeah, the, like the slalom. Yeah, yeah, oh, the slalom. Wow, we really? did the slalom. We, we got to drive around the course a couple of times. Um, they gave me the electric Taycan. Ty- the
0: Taycan, yeah. yeah.
1: The Taycan, the electric Taycan. That was, I've always kind of been into cars. I love driving. I enjoy driving. For I love sure. driving. That's kind of another one of the things in my mental toolkit to kind of like recharge me. I like listening to music. I like driving. And back in my college days, my ex-boyfriend liked to play like like to, you know, the whole like race, like, like race. Oh, yeah. Really? So we would go to the drag strip and like, he would like soup up his car. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to say it anymore. Like he would like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he up fi- fix
0: up his car. F-
1: fix up his car, like soup up his car. Fast and the Furious. Fast and Furious style. So like hot and bored nights. <laughs> No, but, but he like, was a
0: white dude. Or
1: he was actually Indonesian.
0: Okay, yeah. Okay. So
1: actually, he's doing a lot of stuff in in Jakarta too. So like, Ooh, shout out Michael. Like, I'm really proud of everything that he's built there. He's also became an entrepreneur. Also, so with like
0: cars. Uh, no, as well, no, just, you know, okay. cars,
1: and then like, um, I think finance, or I, I don't, I, a couple of things. He built up, a, also, a serial entrepreneur. Okay. Um, we met at Babson, so oh. like that very entrepreneurship mentality.
0: Right. So, um,
1: so yeah, so I, I've always kind of been into cars. So you've been a
0: racer girl your whole life. A
1: little bit. <laughs> I I enjoy. <laughs> I like driving. I enjoy cars. I understand a little bit about cars, and so it was really cool that Porsche reached out to me. Yeah. And it was such a dream come true that I could you know be part of this campaign so that was super super cool but if there are other cars out there <laughs> no i'm just
0: kidding exactly yeah, but are you allowed yeah. to do that I, no
1: <laughs> but i love that yeah and then um and then this year they were doing it was like their 70 75th anniversary so um, they invited me out to go check that out as well
0: so you just drove the take in
1: yeah and then they let me borrow the macan
0: oh so, nice the macan the suv yes yeah so we were going a nice on a
1: nice camping trip that was fun too
0: Oh, you could just take it out for a camping trip. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. How's the take hand? Because the take hand's electric. Yeah. 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 Have it's, you ever driven, like maybe a Tesla, for example, and compared it? No.
1: I mean, I've been, it was
0: your first been time.
1: in a Tesla. I've, like have right. been in, yeah, like. Those Ubers, <laughs> like an Uber Tesla, right, right. like, but yeah, no, it, they're so powerful. There's just there's like it's like relentless. They're like unrelenting. It's un- quiet, it's quiet but boom. it just keeps going. I know there is no like there's just so much power behind that. It's I know. so fun to drive, but the handling is really well because. Um, I used to drive like an RX 8 in the States. Nice. So like I'm all about the handling and you can feel it. It's it's really nice because the the weight distribution of the of the
0: Oh, look at you getting all technical. Technical
1: if you want to do another episode on Exactly (laughs) on on cars and (laughs) but yeah, so so that and then another really great experience was I'm working with Zenith, like the watch. Okay. They do this thing where they work with like one representative, like an ambassador from select countries or regions. So I was lucky enough to be able to represent Taiwan, the almost brand ambassador of their um, Zenith Dreamers campaign. So that was also something similar where it's about, you know, Dreamers like empowerment. So they did a whole campaign where they shot my story and then shared it on their Insta. But the best part was, I think one or two years ago, they had like a meetup in Singapore where they invited some of the other Dreamers to kind of do this like um, offline event. And so we got to meet, you know, the Singapore Dreamer, the Japan. Um, I think they brought out from like Spain. There was like this really badass violinist mm. from like Spain. She's like signed with Sony. She's like the only women classical, like a violinist that signed with Sony. Whoa. And then there's like a race car driver because Zenith does a lot of sponsorship for I think rally racing. Okay. Yeah. So it was like a rally driver, rally car driver. And then like I think she's representing UK, I don't know, England, I don't know. I'm sorry, Katie, where are you representing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> then, like, Katie representing the world out Katie, there.
1: Katie, Katie, yeah, Katie's badass. And then, but my point is, because of this campaign, I was able to connect with so many just badass women around the world. I mean, we still keep in touch on Instagram. So when I went to Singapore, I went to go hang out with the dreamers there. Mm. And, you know, if I go to Japan, I can reach out to the one there. And and they're doing Who's this. Who's a
0: Japanese dreamer?
1: Her name is Chiaki.
0: Chiaki. Chiaki. Okay.
1: So, um she's a also I think she does like a a show like a TV host mm. um model I think she has her own also radio kind of stuff mm. um super cute I think she does like a music like a top hits Japan kind of thing yeah something with music and TV personality TV host radio show celebrity model and then, yeah, just women from all walks of life. So, wow, um, that was really, really great experience.
0: Okay, so let's put this out in the universe. What is speaking of dreams? What is your dream sponsor for the next one who wants a little piece of melody she <laughs> out here? It's
1: funny. I like at the beginning of the year, I like wrote it down in my manifest, like my journal, like to kind of manifest. Um,
0: okay, we're gonna I- put that out there <laughs> <laughs> from the journal. To the I airwaves. do
1: want. I do want more. I really like like car sponsorships. <laughs> I think wow. it's a lot of fun. So like Range Rover, if you're like out there, <laughs> Range, I'm happy to try your just electric. basically
0: any car you want.
1: <laughs> I'm happy to you'll try there. <laughs> yeah, any, yeah, I'm happy with any any car, but I really particularly enjoy driving the electric cars. I know. There, there's just so much fun to drive. And I really want to do like a tour around Taiwan. So like Range Rover, Volvo, like, like hit me up.
0: Yeah. Elon Musk, Elon Tesla, up. Tesla. <laughs> sure. go around and i going. Like go
1: around. I'll do, I'll do like a whole thing where I drive around Taiwan. I'll do it with the kids. It'll be a very family content kind of real. And then we can just check out the different, I'll show people how easy it is to charge your car while you're traveling around Taiwan. Oh,
0: she's got <laughs> it my all pitch. laid out. She's That's my got pitch. it exactly. Well, the good thing is pretty much every brand has, you know, kind of a flagship EV now. Yeah. Uh, BMW has a really nice one as yeah. well. Volvo is coming out with them. And yeah, yeah. So the
1: Kia ones are like surprisingly kind of my my friend has one of those Kia electric cars. And they're surprisingly very. Mm. They're very. They're like they, the whole rebranding. Mm. It's kind of, kind of impressive.
0: I know. Back yeah. in the days in the states, they were not cool. They were back, not cool back then.
1: They were not cool. Back but now the they're, they're 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 kind of cool now.
0: Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's kind of impressive.
0: So what's your dream car? Your ultimate dream car?
1: I don't know. Kind what of would it be
0: if you only had to choose one?
1: I like the GTR.
0: Oh, you are a racer girl. <laughs> You're like Tokyo Drift here. A <laughs> I not
1: like that. I kind of like the, I do, I do like the GTR.
0: Skyline GTR. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The old one or the or the new one, the one with the aquatic <sighs> sauce. I'm I'm cool with that too. You are <laughs> but, <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> but I do. I think it's just a very good all all around car.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing on the drag strip. Yeah. If anyone sees like a the GTR, it's like, oof. Yeah. Dude has a GTR. <laughs> or that girl has a GTR.
1: Yeah. I don't. I don't mind that. Um but I mean like daily driver. That's not very practical It's not a very, not a, not a like, very daily, the, the back seats are so freaking tiny. Like yeah, you can put like my You have to ditch your husband,
0: ditch your ditch kids. To, yeah.
1: <laughs> I can only choose one person. Exactly. <laughs> I can just choose one and like exactly. put their stuff in the back. Probably one of the kids. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. No, but I also like the Porsche. Fighting. I mean
1: the Porsche, Porsche, I mean. I mean, know, I mean, always. that
0: should be your answer. That yeah, is your answer. True. That's
1: my first answer. <laughs> that is your first answer. Those,
0: these are all second answers.
1: Yeah, make sure you edit it that way.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I'll, I need two cars. I need one like a daily driver, definitely like a Porsche Cayenne or something, like mm. enough for like the kids and the husband, the kids camping stuff in the back. So like a Porsche Cayenne. And then as like a fun car, mm. like maybe like the GTR and like something from for me to drive.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
1: So like I can go like- All
0: by yourself. All by drifting. myself. <laughs> Through the mountains.
1: <laughs> I do want to learn drifting actually. Drifting's I know fun. that they do like drifting schools here. Like I do kind of want to check it out. And like, I've been trying to plant the seed in my my youngest cause she has like balls of steel as well. And Ooh. she, she really likes cars. Wow. Like she likes for her, you know, like year, like when oh. you, when they turn one, you can choose like, you know, like yeah. what it means like, and then She chose like a car and then, yeah. And then she really enjoys like bumper cars or like any type of cars, like in the department stores where you can like drive around the kitty track. Like she likes it.
0: Ooh. And so, like,
1: I'm also trying to plant the seed. I was like, "Hey, for winter camps, do you want to go? Maybe go kart racing. <laughs> you
0: want to join a racing school? <laughs> do you want
1: to join? Mommy a and me? Yeah, mommy and me. I'll drift. You go kart. Exactly. Maybe we can do like a... <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: wow, it's a lot of
1: fun. She's their their personalities are so different. Like Maymay Mei Mei is just very like she's not afraid of anything. Like she'll jump and then and then figure it out along the way. Like she's Ooh. like jump. And then, like my oldest, she's a little bit more careful, uh-huh. so she'll like she'll jump, but then she'll have to like she has to
0: think about it. She got she to have to think about it, everything. Cal-
1: calculate everything. Like yeah. where's she jumping? The wind, the velocity, right. like that, exactly. everything. And, and then, then she'll jump. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Mei is like she'll jump, and then we'll figure it out along the way.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So Any other dreams? What about the dream country? What is a country that you haven't been to that you would love to go to?
1: A lot. I feel like I mean I, we've explored a lot of Asian countries. Mm. But I mean, uh, Europe, we haven't done, we went to um, Florence for our honeymoon and we went to um, Madrid, mm. which we we loved. And But I do want to bring the kids over there more. I mean, eventually, I mean, I, I have been thinking about this, like maybe in the future, I bring the kids to like Europe where like they would do college or high school in like somewhere in Europe. Like mm. I don't have to go back to the States. And the States is so messy right now.
0: I don't want to bring the kids to Yeah,
1: I don't want to bring the kids to the States right now.
0: Yeah, now's not a great time.
1: Yeah. So maybe somewhere in Europe, like I I want them to be exposed to a lot of different cultures and languages. Hmm. So I mean, I haven't thought about anywhere in particular, but I'm very, very open. I think it would just be such an adventure for the whole family. So I do want that. And my kids have been dying. They really, really want to see snow. And I feel so bad for not bringing them to see snow yet.
0: Oh. so How old is your oldest?
1: Um, Seven and a half, almost okay. eight. Oh, and then,
0: that's a crime.
1: Yeah, I know. Exactly. And the youngest one is um, uh, just turned five. <laughs> okay. So like, they haven't been to Disneyland. We haven't done Disneyland, Disney World, only because like, I want them to be old enough to like remember and I don't have to like, mess with strollers and like have to carry anyone. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> like, yeah. So I think about time, like it's about time. Right. Like, like I owe them a Disney world.
0: It's about time right. to do everything.
1: It's about time. Yeah. It's and like old enough where they, you know, age. skiing. Like I want to bring them to like Japan and go skiing, make snowman That's a and Taiwanese stuff. way. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> just cause it's just so close, but <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, maybe we'll do like a trip out to Jersey or something. Cause there's oh. of a lot of seasons in, on the East coast. Back well. out to Jersey.
0: Yeah. Just okay. like a quick trip. I see a quick trip. Not too yeah, long. Not too long. <laughs> and not into the city. Not into the city. You're
1: right. Just a creature.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just to let them play with snow. So.
0: Okay. And then finally, what about your kind of dreams professionally? Since, you know, that's kind of the focus of what we're talking about today. What about your dreams professionally, either for Via Sweat, for Nest Wellness, or as we mentioned, you are a serial entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. your next venture, maybe down the line, <laughs>
2: any
1: um, ideas? I think. I mean, again, back to what I wrote in my manifestation, my journal, and then I mean, I want to be able to be. Financially independent, financial freedom.
2: Right. Right. Fire.
1: Freedom, right? Yeah. yeah. Financial freedom. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like I want to be able to do anything I want with whoever I want, wherever I want, however I want. The FU money. Yeah. The FU money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So financial freedom. And then, I mean, for VSWA Sweat and Ness, of course, I want to, I want to be able to help or make a difference in as, in as many people's lives as I can. And, you know, maybe eventually, I mean, we talked, Angela and I, we talked about this, like maybe in the form of like an M&A, like a merge or an acquisition. Maybe we can like merge with a bigger company that kind of believes in what we're doing, can take it to the next level. And mm. then um, maybe we can start, to, you know, do our next thing kind of right. kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. So any huge companies out there? Keep an eye <laughs> on these girls. because. Yeah. Your chance will come, but <laughs> you don't want to wait too long because you're gonna have to pay a lot of money. Yeah. The longer you wait, so yeah, because yeah, these ladies are on a rocket ship to another universe, <laughs> right? Quite literally and figuratively with the wellness. So, yeah, thank you. Catch them while you can. But yeah, thank you so much for coming in here and sharing these stories and your dreams, and for being such a dreamer and such a badass woman. And I think it's an inspiration to your stories. Inspiration to a lot of you know these young girls like your daughters and otherwise who have these dreams as well. So it's a beautiful thing. And thank you so much for sharing them.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This is so fun too.
0: Awesome. Like, yeah.
1: It was one of the most fun podcasts.
0: Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you're always welcome. Your family. We have a lot of friends in common as well. So yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see each other around. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. All right. So everyone, we wish you, Nothing but the wellness in your life. So take it easy. Have a nest day. Have a nest. Oh, have a nest day. (laughs) She's got the marketing down. She's got it down. So have a nest day, everyone. We'll see you next time. Until then. Peace.
1: Bye.